welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Hey, Elevate Life Church, so glad that you're joining us. And if you're a guest that's watching with us online this weekend, thank you so much. And I can't wait to meet you in person when we get to meet in person. Well, this is the way we start every service. We put our hand over our heart and we make some declarations. And so I'm gonna invite you, if you're at your house, wherever you are, unless you're driving, would you just stand with us and let's make some declarations today. Say this with me. Say, I declare that I'm created in the image of God, that I am blessed to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and take dominion. I declare that 2020 is my year of transformation. Things are not just going to change for the better, but 2020 will be my best year ever. I declare that 2020 is double, double for me, double blessing, double anointing, double portion of good things in every area of my life. I declare that according to Psalm 6511, that God is crowning my year with goodness and my path will drip with abundance. I declare that as I am taught the Word of God and apply it, that I am wonderfully well and blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Come on, put a big amen on top of that. So glad that you're joining us. You may be seated and thank you again for being a part of this online worship experience. Why don't you do this right now? Why don't you prepare yourself to interactively respond? Do that by typing emojis or giving amens. Also, would you just share this with people? Please share this with people. This is an easy share, an easy way to share the gospel. So even as we're, we're preaching is that we're going through this service together. Just share, 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 share. Share to all your Facebook friends. Why? Because we want to get not our church out, not my message out. We want to get the good news out because that's what I'm going to be talking about today. We live in a world that's facing some pretty bad news and we've got some good news. So I'm so glad that you're joining us. I'm so glad that you've decided again to be a part of this online experience. And I I want to jump into week one of what we're calling our good news series and I'm so excited about it our verse for 2020 and I just want to prophesy over you right here in the beginning this is our year of transformation come on we've already said it and I said in the beginning of this year that a butterfly is not a better caterpillar a butterfly is not a converted caterpillar A butterfly is a caterpillar that goes into a cocoon, a tomb, if you will, a very dark place, and he dissolves. The caterpillar as we know it ceases to be. And what emerges, what metamorphosizes, what morphs from a caterpillar is a butterfly. God gave us this word before this coronavirus was happening. God knows everything. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And He knows what it is that you're facing right now in your life as a result of these challenging times. And yet we have the Word of the Lord. His Word endures 
forever. God gives promises in his word. In fact, in a few weeks, I'm gonna speak on the good news of God's promises, that there's 7,487 promises in the Bible. You don't need a promise in good times. You know, when you stand at the altar and you put a ring on it and you promise to love and cherish each other, you, you make your vows prophetically for the future. I'm gonna love you in good times, in bad times. I'm gonna love you in sickness and in health. I'm gonna love you no matter what comes our way. We stand prophetically at the altar and we make vows that are declarations and promises to each other that we're gonna stand and stay with each other no matter what comes our way. This is why God gave us precious promises. He gave us precious promises because listen, we're making promises before the problems come. This is what's so powerful. So I'm telling you that, that as God is my Father, as Jesus is my Lord, as the Holy Spirit is my guide, that He's given us a word for this year because He knew what was coming. And you are gonna be transformed and you are gonna be better. And this is gonna be your best year ever. It's really true, but not just that, that this year is gonna be double, double. I've prophesied it. I believe God's backed it up with his word. One of my executive team members, David Stroud, sent me something because here's what I told him. I said, for everything in the natural, there's a supernatural correlation. And here's what I believe about all this rain. I believe this rain is a picture from heaven, not only that there's an open heaven over our life, but that times of refreshing, according to the book of Acts, are coming our way. So what does that mean in this season for us? What that means is we're gonna have a double portion. We're gonna have a double blessing of good things. In fact, I just wanna speak over your life. No matter what troubles you're facing, you're gonna get double good for your trouble in Jesus' name. And he just sent this to me this week. We had double the rain in January than we've ever had. We've had double the rain in February than we've ever had. We had double the rain in March than we've ever had. And guess what? Double, double is coming your way in Jesus' name. Amen? Come on, put a big amen on that. Come into agreement with me on that, that the best of times come out of the worst of times, that our blessings come out of our greatest burdens as we talked about recently. So I wanna encourage you that this is our time to transform like never before. Our verse for 2020 is Romans 12, one and two. So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you that you give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. Just say this with you, say, Lord, I give you myself. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. 
I give you my soul. That's my mind, my will, my emotions. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Lord, have your way in me. See, that's, that's where the transformation begins. Give yourself to God because of all He's done for you. This is the way that we worship the Lord. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you. Come on, say that with me out loud. God, transform me. Let Him transform you into the new person by changing the way you think. That's where it starts. That's why we're gonna give you the Word of God today because it's gonna help you change the way that you think. Well, what's the good news? Here, here's the good news. This is the week after Easter. Here's the good news. Jesus is who they said He was. Jesus is who they said He was. The resurrection of Jesus Christ stands alone as the most important event creation has ever known. The Bible tells us that long before the world began that God planned that the crucifixion of Jesus would be the method and payment for sin. The only payment that would reconcile sinners to a holy and a loving God. I love what 1 Peter 1, 19 and 20 says. It says, He paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose Him for this purpose long before the world began. But now in these final days, He sent to the earth for all to see. And He did this for you. You see, here's the truth. Jesus is who they said He was. Down through history, God provided us a roadmap. He foretold various signs and conditions through His prophets. The prophets spoke of things that mankind should watch so that the Messiah would be recognized and believed. These signs or prophecies were given to us in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is a part of the Bible that was written before Jesus was born. Its writings were completed in 450 BC. The Old Testament written hundreds of years before Jesus contains over 300 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled throughout his entire life and through his death, his burial and his resurrection. In fact, mathematically speaking, the odds of anyone fulfilling this amount of prophecy are staggering. Mathematics puts it this way, just one person fulfilling eight prophecies would be one in, man, I can't even do the math, but it's on the screen right there. 100,000, 1 million, 1 billion, 1 trillion. Just one person that fulfilled eight prophecies. Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies. One person fulfilling 48 prophecies. Listen to this, this is mind blowing. If he just fulfilled 48 prophecies, one chance in 10 to the 157th power. I don't even know what that means. One person fulfilling 300 plus prophecies, there's only one in the history of the world that his life was foretold hundreds of years before he came. Only Jesus, only Jesus, only Jesus. 
In magnificent detail, these prophecies mark the Bible as the inspired word of God. Only God could foreknow and accomplish all that was written about Christ. The historical accuracy and reliability sets the Bible apart from any other book or record in the world. That's why it's the number one best-selling book of all time. The New Testament was written after the death of Jesus Christ. Archeologists have found thousands of manuscripts of the New Testament. Some of these pieces of manuscript are dated less than 100 years after the original letters were written. In terms of historical reliability, the Bible is superior to any other ancient writing. Wow, that's good news, isn't it? The good news is Jesus is who they said that he was. On February 27th, 1991, during Desert Storm, a woman by the name of Ruth Dillo received the worst call of her life. Her son, Clayton Carpenter, private first class, had stepped on a landmine and was dead. For the next three days, she grieved. No one could comfort her. On the third day after receiving the terrible news, her phone rang. On the other end of the phone, there was a voice that said, Mom, it's me, I'm alive. At first she thought it was a cruel joke, but as the conversation continued, she realized it was her son. Later, she said she laughed and cried and rejoiced because what seemed to be a hopeless situation turned out to be the greatest day and the greatest news of her life. That's what news from a graveyard can do when your faith is in Jesus Christ. Wow, wow. 300 different prophecies. And I just wanna, I just wanna emphasize five to you, okay? So first of all, Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. It was prophesied by the prophet Zechariah, who by the way, the prophet Zechariah is quoted more than any of the Old Testament prophets. He said, rejoice greatly, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming. He is righteous and victorious, yet he's humble, riding on a donkey, even on a donkey's colt. Jesus fulfilled this prophecy and we read in John, in the New Testament, in John 12, verse 12 through 15, the next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city and a huge crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches, which they went down to the road. They put the palm branches on the road to meet him. They shouted, praise be to God. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. And Jesus found a donkey set on it, fulfilling that prophecy that said, don't be afraid people of Israel. Look, your King is coming. He's sitting on a donkey. The second prophecy that I wanna talk about is the rejection of Christ by his own people. Isaiah 53 verse three says this, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering, like one from whom hide their faces. He was despised and he was esteemed not. 
Jesus fulfilled that prophecy in John 1 verses 10 through 11. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. The third prophecy, again, there was 300 of them. They would pierce his hands and feet. The prophecy is found in Psalms 22 verses 14 through 16. My life is poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength is dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid me in the dust. You've left me for dead. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. The fulfillment of this by Jesus was found in Luke 24 verse 39. He said, look at my hands. He was talking to his disciples after he rose from the dead. It is I myself, touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. The fourth prophecy that I wanna emphasize is that Jesus will die as a sacrifice for our sins. Again, this is good news because it was all the prophets foretold this. The prophecy is found in Isaiah 53, verse five and six and verse eight and 12. But he was wounded and crushed for our sins. He was beaten that we might have peace. He was whipped and we were healed. All of us have strayed like sheep. We've left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the guilt of sins of us all. From prison and trial, they led him away to death. But who among the people realized that he was dying for their sins, that he was suffering their punishment? I will give him the honors of one who is mighty and great because he was counted among those who were sinners. He bore the sins of many and interceded for sinners. The fulfillment of this prophecy by Jesus can be found in not only his life, but first Peter, the second chapter in the 24th verse. He personally carried away our sins in his body on the cross so we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. You have been healed by his wounds. Isn't that beautiful news? First Corinthians 15, three and four, and I love this. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture because it chronicles not only what Jesus did, but who he revealed himself to. I passed on to you that which was most important. What had also been passed on to me that Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said, he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, as the scriptures said, Jesus was who they said he was. The fifth prophecy I wanna emphasize is that Jesus would not stay buried, but rose from the dead. Come on, can we give God a big hand? Come on, can we give Jesus a big hand? The prophecy, one of the prophecies is found in Psalm 16 verse 10. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or hell, nor will you allow the Holy One to undergo decay. The fulfillment by Jesus is found in Matthew 28, verse six. He is not here, he is risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. I love the book of Romans, Romans six, verse eight through 11. Now, if he died with Christ, if we died with Christ, now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live 
with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. So here's the good news. Jesus was, Jesus is, Jesus always will be who they said he was, who they prophesied about. No man, no woman ever in history has not only had 300 prophecies about him, but every one of those prophecies have come to pass. The second thing that I wanna emphasize is the good news of Jesus did what he said he would do. That's good news. Isn't it good news when somebody does what they say that they're going to do? That's always good news. Somebody says, hey, I'm gonna do that. I'll never forget when my own dad was passing away and some of you've heard this story, but he was about three months from passing away. And um, he was just really concerned. We were in East Texas eating at a Mexican food place and he was eating, I think it was taco soup. And as, as he was just, his hands were shaking and he kind of set his spoon down and he said, I'm just so worried that I'm going to live longer than the money that I have. And I reached over to him and I said, dad, take, take, my, take my hands. I looked him in the eye and said, do you know I'm a millionaire? Okay, I'm not saying that as a pastor. I was a millionaire before I was a pastor, but my own dad didn't even know it. I said, dad, do you know that? through business and through all the things that I've invested in. Do you know that? He goes, no, I didn't know that. I said, let me just tell you, you'll never run out of money. You'll never run out of money. And even if you die, mom's not gonna run out of money. Three months later, my own father was dead. Let me just say this. We've gotta be the kind of people that do what we say that we're gonna do. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus did what he said he was going to do. I love this. Some of you might remember 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago now, there was an 8.2 earthquake that almost flattened Armenia. It killed 30,000 people in less than four minutes. It's hard to imagine the anguish and the pain and the suffering that began in those brief four minutes of time. People's worlds were shaken, their lives were crushed. And in spite of the devastation of such tragedies, oftentimes when we have a virus, when we have a tragedy, when we have something that happens, it brings out the best in people. And it at least provides a window to peek at the contents of each person's heart. Let me show you the loving heart of one father. In the midst of chaos and destruction, he rushed to his son's school. But instead of a school, he found a shapeless heap of rubble. Imagine what went through his mind. What would have gone through your mind? Perhaps shock would have crippled you as it did other parents who were walking around dazed, clutching at their hearts, calling out their child's name. But in the case of this father, the sight of the rubble and ruin only made him spring into action. He ran to the back of the corner of the building where his son's classroom used to be and he began to dig. Why? What real hope did he have? 
What were the chances that his son could have survived such destruction? All he knew was that he had made a promise to always be there for his son. It was this promise that gave strength to his body and motivated him mentally. He began to dig. Well-meaning parents tried to stop him out of the rubble and they said, it's too late. They're dead, they're all dead. You can't help, just go home. There's nothing you can do. The fire chief tried to pull him off the rubble and said, fires and explosions are happening everywhere. You're in so much danger, go home, protect the family that you have. Finally, the police came and they said, you're angry, you're distraught, we're sorry but it's over, please go home. You're doing no good here. But this father had made a promise, a promise that in his heart, he was going to keep. And the love that this father had in his heart for his son kept him digging, kept him digging for the next four hours, the next 12 hours, the next 24 hours, the next 36 hours. Then in the 38th hour, he pulled back a boulder and he heard his son's voice crying for help. Immediately he screamed, Armand! Back came the words, Dad? Dad? I told them, I told the other kids that you were still alive, if you were still alive, that you would come and you would save me because you promised me, you said you would always be there for me and you did it, dad. A determined father, a promise kept, a stone rolled away to reveal a life and to give freedom, not only to his son, but his son's whole class. Wow, you know what good news is? Jesus did what he said that he was going to do. He kept his promise. And the promise was that he was gonna come back to life. Come back to life, you can't come back to life if you don't die. Yeah, the promise was that he was going to die and he was gonna come back to life. Three different times Jesus prophesied. Here's the good news, the week after Easter, here's the good news. Jesus was who they said he was. Jesus did what he said he was going to do. Three different times with his disciples, they're just sitting there having a discussion and all of a sudden he drops this bomb, this future bomb. Matthew 16, 21. From that time, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and chief priests and teachers of the laws, and that he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. First time. Second time, Matthew 17, when they came together in Galilee, he said to them, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. Man, Jesus, why are you always talking about dying? Why are you always telling us bad news? Why why are you always saying this is gonna happen? He said, they will kill him, but on the third day, he will be raised to life. The Bible says his disciples were filled with grief. Look, Jesus, we like to hang with you and stuff, but man, when you start talking about how you're gonna be turned over to 
to your enemies and they're going to kill you. We didn't sign up for that, like to be your disciples. We, we want to know how to win. We want to know how to, su- to succeed in life. We want to know how to make our dreams come true. And you keep talking about that you're going to die and that somehow you're going to rise from the dead in three days. Here's the third time. He's with his disciples. He's going up to Jerusalem. He took his 12 disciples aside and he said, listen, I need to have a talk to you, talk with you. We're going to Jerusalem and here's what's going to happen. I'm going to be betrayed to the chief of priests, to the teachers of the law. They will condemn me to death and they will turn me over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. But I just want you guys to know, and he leaned in and they leaned in. On the third day, I'm going to rise again. Wow. The Bible says that Jesus made after he rose from the dead, he did what he said he was going to do. You say, well, how do we know this? It's recorded that Jesus made a number of appearances after his death, up to 12 different appearances to people. Over a 40 day period, he stayed on the earth to show that he did what he said he was gonna do. The Bible specifically says that on that Sunday, which we know as Easter last weekend that we celebrated, Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene, the woman who came to Jesus' tomb, Peter and two other disciples on the Emmaus road, He appeared to the remainder of the 12 disciples, but there was one disciple that was absent. What was his name? Thomas. Later, he appeared to them in the upper room when Thomas was there because Thomas said, I won't believe. I won't believe that he rose from the dead. I know he died, but I know he said three times he's gonna rise from the dead, but I won't believe it. Not only until I see him, but I wanna put my hands in the holes in his hands. I wanna put my hand in his side, then I will believe. And Jesus appeared to him and he said, blessed are those who have not seen yet they believe, but Thomas, Put, put your hands in the holes in my hands. Put your hand in my side. And he said, my Lord, my God, I believe. You are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. Come on, put an amen on that. Later, he appeared to seven disciples at the Sea of Galilee. On another occasion, he appeared to 500 people at the same time. There was also an appearance to his brother that he grew up with, that his own brother, James, who would later write the epistle of James, later become the the bishop of Jerusalem, the city of the king. He he had to tell his own brother, "I, I wanted to appear to you personally because I know I was your brother, but I am the Messiah. I am the son of God. I am the risen savior and king. And Jesus that day didn't become his brother. Jesus that day became his savior. Jesus became his Lord and he became a follower, not just of his brother, but he became a follower of God's one and only son. Jesus also appeared later after he had ascended to the father to a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus. Saul was an educated man Saul was a man who was persecuting the church. In the book of Acts, it's recorded that he had an encounter with Jesus, that a bright light shined before him, it blinded him. And Jesus appeared to him and he said, why are you persecuting the son of God and God's people? And he had a massive conversion and his name was changed from Saul to Paul. And he wrote two thirds of the New Testament. You see, the truth is there is no doubt that Jesus did what he said he was gonna do. That's good news. Somebody put an amen on that. Then here's the last thing. 
The last thing, last good news I wanna share with you is that Jesus conquered death, hell, sin, and the devil so we could be free. Somebody put your hands together, come on. Jesus conquered death, he conquered hell, he conquered sin, and most importantly, he conquered the devil on the cross so we could be free. The Bible says that he that knows the son is free indeed. Jesus came to bring freedom into your life. The Bible says in Revelation 1.18, I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and hell. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 54 through 57. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin by which it brings death is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory as conquerors through the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody put an amen on that. 1 John 3, 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that He might destroy the works of the devil. Hey, what's the good news? Jesus conquered death. Jesus conquered hell. He holds the keys. Jesus conquered our sin, past, present, and future. And Jesus destroyed the destroyer the Bible says that the thief, that's what the Bible calls the devil, comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But Jesus came that you might have life and life more abundantly. Romans 8:11 says the Spirit of God, this is good news now, who raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. Last scripture. Now I'm gonna ask for my daughter Whitney to come stand with me here. Yet in all these things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Jesus conquered death, he conquered hell, he conquered sin, he conquered the devil. Hey, what's the good news? The good news, Whitney, is that Jesus was who they said, who they prophesied, the Old Testament, number one book in the history of the world, 300 plus pro uh, prophecies. I asked Whitney to join me because I want her to sing a song. But before she sings this song, Whitney, this is, this is pretty amazing, okay? So, so to put the odds in perspective of Jesus fulfilling 300 prophecies, it's pretty phenomenal, isn't it? Does it build your faith to hear that? To put these odds in perspective, imagine, now I'm, now I'm a Texan, so if you're watching from around the world, imagine that the entire state of Texas is covered with silver dollars two feet deep, the entire state, and one of them is marked. All of the silver dollars are then thoroughly mixed up. A blindfolded man is then instructed to reach down and pick up the marked coin on his first try. In the entire state of Texas, just reach in, it's two feet deep, silver dollars. The chances 
of this occurring in just eight out of 60 prophecies, the chances of that occurring are the same as Jesus fulfilling just eight out of 60 of the major prophecies. But consider he fulfilled them all. I've never liked math, but the truth is math doesn't lie. Numbers don't lie. And when you do the math, one plus one is two, two times two is four. I better not go any higher than that. (laughs) But here's the point. Mathematically, Jesus, the good news is Jesus was who they said he was. He did what he said he was going to do. He prophesied his death and his resurrection. And then he conquered death, hell, sin, and the devil so we could be free. And ultimately that the same spirit that raised him from the dead dwells in us and gives us the power to conquer whatever there is in our life. That's good news. Come on, that's good news. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've never prayed a prayer. It's really simple. This is what's so amazing is that it's really simple because the Bible says we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've, we've, we've all gone astray like a sheep from a shepherd. But the Bible says, if we confess our sins, that He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And you can have a relationship with Jesus. All you have to do is open up your heart. All you have to do is to say, I believe, you know, I don't know how much proof you need to believe, but I believe. And guess what? The good news is if you invite Jesus Christ into your heart, two things I wanna tell you. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. The Bible says that God takes our sin, Whitney, and He casts it as, as far as the east is from the west. How far is that? A long way. The Bible says that we become a new creature in Christ. But then also, the second thing I want to tell everybody is that when you invite Jesus Christ to come into your heart, the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is awakened on the inside of you. You're not a human being having a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having a human experience. So why don't you right now as a spiritual being tap into the greatest revelation in the world and that's God's love for you. He so loved you that He gave His only Son, Jesus, that if you would believe on Him, you see, it's your belief you wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. Wouldn't you join hands with me and let's pray. Everybody that's watching, even if you've already made a decision for Jesus, confession is good for the soul. So let's all say this together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me. For my sins. For my sins. For the mistakes that I've made. For the mistakes that I've made. I give you my past. I give you my past. Cover it with your blood. Cover it with your blood. I give you my present. I give you my present. I give you my future. I give you my future. Jesus. Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. From this day forward. From this day forward. Be Lord of every area of my life. Be Lord of every area of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer, we'd love to hear from you. And Whitney, how can how can yes, they reach out to us? You can just email connect 
at elevate.life and we have someone right now ready to respond to you. And if you have any questions about our church at this stage, that's how we're connecting with you. But if you gave your heart to Jesus today, first of all, we're just coming off Easter and you are accepting Jesus, maybe for the first time or rededicating your life at the perfect time. And so just email connect at elevate.life and we'd love to respond and connect with you and be there for you in this season. We love you very much. Why don't we just stand together, everybody? Let's just let's just take a minute. Hey, we don't have where to go, right? Hey, man, I gotta go to a movie. No, no, it's not gonna <laughs> happen. Uh, I gotta run to no. Just take a minute. Let's get in His presence just for a minute. And Whitney, lead us. By Your Spirit, I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. By your Spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resting the resurrected King. The resurrected King is resurrected. Sing it one more time. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. When you're weak, He's made strong. When you don't have hope, the Bible says He's the anchor of our hope. In other words, He, you know, you think about an anchor in a boat, like your life can just be listless. It can be like in water out of control. He's the anchor of our hope. In other words, we drop the anchor and it goes way beyond the water all the way to the bottom and His anchor holds, His anchor holds as we grip the solid rock. You know that song? My anchor holds and grips the solid rock. What's that old hymn? You know that? That rock is Jesus. Jesus, yes, He's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be very sure, be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. That's what being the anchor, Whitney, of our hope is, is that, that in our life, man, like, like, like a boat that's out of control, man, drop the anchor, boom, the boat stops, because He's our anchor. He, he'll hold you in your storms. He'll hold you in the winds. He'll hold you in the uncontrollables. This rock is Jesus and He's the one. Well, it's been a great weekend. Yes, and we want to bless everybody out. Would yes. you bless everybody out with me? I'd love to. 
So let's do that together. Come on, y'all. If you're not standing yet, y'all stand up. Come on, let's speak this over you. Whitney, so you're going to start and I'm going to just jump in. Okay. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May May he make make his his face face to shine upon upon you. you. May you know that if God is for you, who who can can be against against you? If God is on your side, whom whom shall shall you fear? May you be like a tree that's planted by rivers of living water. And your leaf will not wither. wither. And And whatsoever you do, Whitney, let's say it like we mean. It shall prosper. We love you. Come on, press share. Share this with somebody. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.